We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with a new entrant onto the podcast. Actually, we have some news about that. Justin Robinson, a.k.a. J-Rob, joining us. He comes from us. Comes over to us from Rampage Radio. Um, that's going to be something for us to talk about here in a minute. First, before we even get there, folks, check us out on iTunes. We love five-star reviews. That's a big thing for us. We also need you to subscribe. Those two things right there on iTunes help us out, help us move the charts, help us gain a little bit of steam. It's a big deal for us. Same thing for SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. 
Android, Player FM. Do I need to keep going here? Oh, and don't forget, iBeatRadio.com airs our show on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Okay? Also, I cannot thank enough Jim Hawk. Jim Hawk has been our one of our biggest supporters. He's really stepped it up for us. His book, Hollow's Teen, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams, it tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out this son's story of his father on the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Legs Hirsch, Tom Fears, Les Richter. You, this is, a, this is a names, names of names here for L.A. Rams in that era. Check out the story span of the 1950s Rams. You can follow Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com or on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And the last time I talked to him, he told me he's getting ready to put it out in paperback, which is good stuff. I mean, it's already relatively cheap. Folks, check it out. Okay, it's trust me, I've read it cover to cover. I'm on pretty much everybody on our staff to do it. It's a great story. It's a great story. And we're also, two things that Jim Hawk has put up for us, our contest. Today's, tonight's is the last show for it. We, I cannot believe, Justin, would you believe I did a contest here? Two I do tickets. believe it. Two tickets to the Rams' what, second home game for the preseason. Two tickets there, provided by Jim Hawk, including a parking pass. And we've had very few people reply. I can't believe it. So we're mm. going to try again, folks. The trivia question is real simple. John Hawk, that former Ram, took part in what major American conflict? I don't know that. Well... So I can't win. But let me ask you this: Will will he provide airplane like air like flights? Because no, if no, if if he on, does man. that, you know, then I can I can maybe try to look <laughs> it up on Google it and try and get out there. Uh, no, it's asking a little much of the man. But but email us. With, put it in the headline there. The the, uh, the subject John Hawk. Okay, uh, go ahead and give your answer. And if you could give us some feedback on what you like about what we do and if you want, what you like about, what we don't like about what we do. And we, we, we want your feedback, folks. We, we don't do this just because we're bored at home. Trust me, I'm not bored in life. I, I'm guessing J-Rob here is not bored. We do it because we love this team. We love this yes. team and we, we want to put out content for you and so on and so forth. So there you go. Uh, Jim Hawk, again, an amazing sponsor. Okay, so want to welcome Justin Robinson, a.k.a. J-Rob, to the show. I am proud to announce that he and his brother are bringing their podcast, Rampage Radio, over to us. We're gonna, Now we're going to have three podcasts under our name and label, providing you guys content throughout the week. Look, I know some other ones out there, some other good ones. I'm, not, I'm telling you, we're trying to make it so you have nowhere else you have to go but to us. Welcome to the team, Justin. Tell your our listeners, because... Our list is about you, your brother, and what they can expect from your show. Well, first of all, you know, we're excited to be able to join up with Rams Talk. Uh, we've seen you guys and the content that you've had um, via Twitter and the website. And I've listened to some of your podcasts. And uh, we thought, well, hey, why don't we just join forces with these guys? Because they have the same listeners and followers that we are looking to get, you know, as a, as a startup podcast. And we've only been around for a uh, few months. And so, uh, you know, my brother and I, we decided to do this on a whim. Uh, my brother, he does like the Rams, but he is just an NFL 
fan in general. So he gives a perspective that doesn't uh, include bias, you know, a, a biased opinion, which, you know, for guys like us, it's a lot easier to do that because we love our team so much that uh, we're not willing to necessarily degrade the team in ways that someone from the outside may see that. So that's why I really uh, enjoy having my brother on the on our show is because he gives a perspective that someone else who doesn't like our team or doesn't even follow our team would typically give. Um, and so, but what you can expect is simply this. We love the Rams. We love Rams football. We love NFL football. And we're going to d- just discuss anything and everything that has to do with the Rams. Again, like I said, not from just someone who loves a team like me, but my brother's opinion, which is unbiased. And so, Uh, That's what we look to do. We just love to talk about the team, and you said it. You want to provide content throughout the week that gives your listeners um, stuff to feed off of every day so you don't have to go anywhere else. And so that's why we've decided to join up with Rand's Talk, and we're really looking forward to uh, how that mesh uh, plans out and what what goes on uh, throughout the next years to come, hopefully, with the rise of this Rams franchise. And it, it's looking more and more like it's going to be a rise. Even if the Aaron Donald thing, which we're about to talk about again, again, doesn't pan out the way we want to pan out, this team is still a, a roster that's pretty set on talent. And it's looking good this far in camp. A couple of small things that we should be concerned with. But overall, the team's looking pretty nice. Okay, so let's go, let's go into that. Uh, first and foremost, Justin Adams Shefter reports that Aaron Donald will not show up at camp by the August 7th deadline which means he will not accrue the service time needed to become an unrestricted free agent after the season. Chef reports that Donald will not play again until he gets a new deal. That's what he's being told. Mm-hmm. Well, our, our, episode is, <laughs> our episode title, because I, I have to pay homage to soap opera. Okay, this is what mm-hmm. this whole thing feels like. The episode today is titled, As the World Turns Around Donald. Not Donald Trump the president, but Donald the defensive lineman, Aaron Donald, our monster in the middle. Uh, I don't even know where to go with this because we've talked about it enough, but it, it's a little weird because this, this I don't know if this shocks you, but it doesn't shock me. We all knew that he probably wasn't going to show up tomorrow, August 7th. But now that it's pretty much official, there's there's almost a feeling of impending doom when it comes to Donald. Is there is there a way out of this or not? You know, at the end of the day, it looks like it's just going to end up happening what happened last year, which is who's going to flinch first? Um, And the Rams apparently seem to be set on their ways, and Aaron Donald seems to be set on his way, and rightly so to both parties. Um, I saw a tweet that Aaron posted earlier this past week, and it was nothing but an hourglass. That's all it was. I know you saw that icon. Mm And, of course, that sparked up some intrigue from fans and people all over the NFL. Like, what does this mean? Is time running out? Is time running short? Am I about to sign a new deal? I mean, the hourglass is just – I mean, no one knows because the Rams and Aaron Donald have both kept this thing under wraps. They have not let anything hardly at all leak. The only leak that we have so far is from Dimoff himself saying we just don't agree. And that's the really true uh, statement that we can live off of right now. I did see today from uh, D Brown off of Twitter and it has the, the little eyeball icons and the scratching your chin icon. And it was a video that's about 15 seconds long of Aaron Donald working out uh, at Pitt. 
And all he says in the videos, come get me. That's all he says. Somebody come get me. And so we obviously know that he's not saying we need another team to come get him. Uh, but who knows what he's saying at this point? The man wants to get paid. That's all we do know. The man deserves to get paid. We know that as well. Is it worth losing a guy like Joyner potentially, Marcus Peters, John Johnson when he comes up, which is not going to be too long from now? Is it worth losing guys like that to have a one-player, once-in-a-generation player like Aaron Donald on your defensive line for the next six years, which, mind you, he's close to 30 now. So how much more of this production that we see right here are we going to get for the money? In my opinion, he's definitely worth being paid the highest defensive player. And as we all know, Ndamukong Sue went on record saying, this guy deserves to make more than what I made. Mm -hmm. There's no question about that. But the question truly is, is it worth losing 10% up to 10%, maybe even 12% of your cap to pay this guy for the next six, seven years? And for me, I can't say that it is worth it because then you're talking about potentially setting your, fri your franchise back a couple of years defensively when your offense is so good now. Well, to me also, I saw this, this piece of math that on, on Facebook. I, I, I don't remember who did it, but they basically mapped it out. If you're going to, if you're going to equal out the percentage of what so was making and Sue was making at the, at the crux of his contract, the Dolphins is the highest paid defensive, um, defensive lineman in the league. So on all those guys, what their average was, it was like 13.27% of the team's salary cap, which would equal out to about $23.5 million. So we're saying, well, pay them that, pay them that. But that's not how it works. Right. That's not how it works. And it's kind of a silly thing to do because you pay people what they're worth, not what the salary cap dictates to them. Okay. And it's a question of what he's worth in relation to the team. He obviously feels like he's worth more in relation to the team than what the Rams do. It doesn't mean the Rams don't think he's worth it. They've, they've perfectly made it known that they're willing to make him the highest paid defensive uh, def uh, defensive lineman at the least. Defensive player, I'm pretty sure as well. But the Rams still have the leverage here. No doubt. They still have I me. Mean, if he sits all season, he's giving up $6.9 million. He that's, ain't going to do that. He's yeah, not going to do that. That's a lot of money. Okay. And... Then worst comes the worst. He, he goes in as a restricted free agent next year, but then the Rams can franchise him. So I, I part of me wonders this, I'm, and I just want to throw this out there. And it maybe is a little bit conspiracy theory. I'm hoping, though, it's not. But the Rams have been I – mean, have you noticed this? Since Sean McVay's taken over, and especially this offseason – They've been really, really good at keeping the news of extensions, of trades, everything. Nobody knows this stuff happens till it happens. I've not, it's been a long time since I've seen a team maneuver like this. So what if this is all a game? What if this is a way of keeping Aaron Donald out of camp and keeping him healthy until the last minute? And then they waive the fees, they sign him, and we're and we're just like, huh, okay, nothing. There was nothing to worry about. And that would meantime, not that that would not surprise me the least bit. Because of what he is valued at as a defensive player and what he does mean to this franchise and this organization. Like you said, nobody knows. And you're right. McVay and company have done a stellar job of keeping anything that has to do with the Rams 
with the Rams until it's time for the news to break. Period. Yeah. And so you have a very valid point. I do think that they will waive the fees. I do think, you know, I, I think all these same things that you do. Is it a game? It very well could potentially be a game. But at the same time, the man wants to get paid. And as a lot of Rams fans say, pay the man. Pay the man. It's only question is where do you draw the line at paying the man? You know, we've, it's so weird because Kevin DeMoff came out and said a couple days ago that they all the numbers that have been out there are wrong. So the numbers that were out there is that he wants $25, $30 million. Okay, so what are the numbers? If he wants $25, $30, you just can't pay him that. $23.5, you can talk about that. You could talk about that, but really it should be around $21.22. Just that $1 million, $2 million makes a huge difference when you have to go sign golf here in a couple of years. And you get all those guys you just mentioned, Marcus Peters. I just don't I just don't see how they can be so far apart. And that's why I really think there's something going on. They cannot be that far apart. They're not they're, there's no way they're that far apart. There's no way. And if it and if they are, then that is a bad reflection on uh Aaron Donald's agent in my opinion. Um and that's selfish because Donald has been through some years already with this franchise which were not good years. Uh, and we saw this team be bad for over a decade. And I'm going to tell you what, it would behoove him to say, you know what, I'll take 21.5, I'll take $22 million and line up next to Sue for this year and line up with Peters and Tlaib. And, I mean, why would you not do that? Why? It's because it's about a ring, man. It is about money, but it's about a ring. And what you said, the details of the contract, is it front-loaded? Is it back-loaded? Everyone wants this guaranteed money. Look at Kirk Cousins. Dude got a deal of a century, of a lifetime, with all that guaranteed money. I would assume that Aaron Donald, what the difference is, is he wants more guaranteed money. It might not be the full you know, contract of how much total. It might just be, are we a part on what we want up front? What are the incentives? What if I meet this this stat? What if I meet this Pro Bowl statistic? What is it that's going to give me the most amount for, at the maximum of my capabilities on and off the field? What do you think of the talk, though, that it's all about Khalil Mack and Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald playing chicken? It's really about who, who leaps first. Do you buy that? Not at all. It's not about who blinks first. Sorry, that's a, that's a hot pocket in my mouth. It's very tasty. It is the... Um, the pepperoni pizza one, the healthy one, not the regular one. It's the it's the healthy choice one. It doesn't really make a big difference. But anyway, what else? There's, does, no, I, there's, a, there's no such thing as a healthy choice pizza. I mean, it's healthy. Well, you're right. Yeah, but you know the back. difference the difference between the hot pockets is the same difference between Cleo Mack and Aaron Donald. There is no difference. There's not a difference. This is all a game. This is just a media. This is just news to say, oh, Mac's waiting on Donald. Donald's waiting on Mac. No, they're both just waiting to get paid because they are at they are the elite of elite of elite at their positions. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there. Why would you show up to a camp when your career is on the line? You break. Let's just say you fracture your fibula or your tibia or something like that. Guess what? That contract's going to go down immediately, almost like it does when you drive a new car off the lot. When you drive that car off the lot, the value of that car decreases immediately. And so, and why? Because it's not new anymore. Somebody used it. Aaron Donald is used, but he's at the prime of his career, and he's not willing to go into camp to where he's going to get jacked up potentially and lose money off this contract. Again, they say pay the man. Pay him. 
Pam. But it, I, one thing does bother me. It, I it, it does bother me that so many of the fans who are taking Donald's side are saying the Rams are messing this up. The Rams are uh, they're blowing this. The Rams are being uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I've lost the word. They're they're not doing a good job. Let's just say that. And I don't agree with that. The truth is, we don't know. We don't know. They have a salary cap to manage far beyond Aaron Donald. We just talked about that. So I think it's not right to really just say the Rams are messing this up. We don't know. It could be the agent. It could be Donald. It could be the Rams. It could be all three. It, it could just be a matter of time. Or we could all be getting fooled on as the Donald turns here. And, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's I don't, I, that's one thing I, I take exception to is, hey, just saying the Rams messed this up. I don't think they have. I think they've had to watch the salary cap. I think they've went on a limb to get a bunch of talent there to win a Super Bowl. That's true. And, you know, the thing is, is it's all speculation. Everything is speculation until it happens. Who knew that Brandon Cooks was going to get his extension when he did? We all felt like it would probably come, and but we didn't know when. But it came. Who knew that Gurley was going to be extended? I sure didn't expect it to nope, happen. Nope, nope. We talked and about so, that. And, you know, and look, and boom, Gurley. You know, six more years in his prime, which is obviously the feature of the offense. And now you're talking about a prolific offense because how they were able to manage the salary cap. Nobody has any idea, not Adam Schefter, nobody at NFL Network. They, and if they do, if they do, they were told, hey, listen, you keep your mouth shut about this until it's time for us to put the pen to the paper. And so whatever it is going on with Aaron Donald, I am not worried about. I'm not at all. Because the dude is obviously a potential Hall of Famer, as we already know, and I believe he's going to show up. If he doesn't, that's on him. That's on you, Aaron Donald. If you decide not to show up, that's your prerogative. I respect you for your your stance and your decision, but I still have a team to pull for. I still have a team that I want to win a Super Bowl, and I'm going to represent no matter who is on that squad, no matter who is wearing those uniform colors, that's who I represent. Aaron Donald, I would love to have you on this team. I want you to get paid. You deserve to get paid. But, man, you're still under contract. You're under contract. So on the other flip side, this is all Aaron Donald. They're saying, dude, you have a contract to fulfill. Why are you not in camp? I get that. I can totally comprehend that. This is why this seems like the perfect storm. Donald needs to be paid. Rams understand they need to pay, pay, pay Donald himself. And then where's the injuries status look like? Or are they just, as you said, are they conserving it, you know, being conservative with his game. body? You don't know. You're playing the game. And just a note here, just a note. When he came back last year, yeah, he was a little he was out of game shape for like a week. One and game. Then, yeah, and then he had the best season of his career. I mean, he was already great. So maybe there's a method to that. I, I know it's conspiracy theory, but no matter what, the Rams are gonna be fine in this. Yes. Because what's what's gonna happen is in the end, if they can't get what they want with him, they, if he doesn't sign a contract, they'll franchise him and somebody will trade for him. And they'll get mm-hmm. a bank out of it. So, because yep. someone's going to want it, someone's going to take a shot at him. And who wouldn't want to take a shot at him? He's. I don't think there's a debate now. I don't think there's anybody even close to Aaron Donald in the NFL on defense right now. No one. No one. I mean, they're, they're, some folks are going to say, "Well, JJ Watt when he's healthy, and Khalil Mack, 
No one disrupts a game right now like Aaron Donald does. I mean, let's be honest. Cleo Mack, he is deserving of of mention with the name sure, Aaron sure. Donald. But you said J.J. Watt. Well, the dude had been healthy since he stepped foot on an NFL playing field. You know, so a guy like that, you know, he's a name. Yeah, he is a guy who produces and he's, you know, always been a record. But, dude, Aaron Donald from the defensive tackle position is undisputedly uh, the best probably ever to play the position. Now, if you want to say, whoa, whoa, wait a second, J-Rob, hang on a second now. I get it, but I'm telling you what, man, seeing what this guy can do, if you do not game plan for Aaron Donald and you don't put two guys on him, he will wreck your game. He will wreck the game. I think right now you're probably going a little too far on it. I could think of you know, a couple members of the Fearsome Foursome who would have a good argument with you. Oh, well, yeah, so yeah, forth. naturally, naturally. But uh, he, it could wind up being that way. It could definitely, by, by the time it's all said and done, we could be saying Aaron Donald's the best ever played, ever played that position. So the number, the numbers right now prove it. At, at, at the stage as he is in his career, and is at his age, and he's in his prime, where he's at right now, you put that against all the other greats, he's right up there with them, no doubt. It is arguable, as you said, definitely arguable. But you can make the case. Okay, folks, going to give a quick shout out to our sponsors over at Golden Ram Barbershop. That is Sal Martinez, the man. The guy who's been with us since day one, he's been outstanding in support. Look, if you want to support your own in Orange County, okay, and you like that old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Sal opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day this team left for St. Louis, and he kept the lights on. He kept it on ever since. So he's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267 Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows we sent you and get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Gold Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. Visit to his shop's worth it, folks. If you haven't been there yet, you're missing out. It's like a museum for the Rams. Like You don't even, if the Rams, when they build their Hall of Fame, you won't need to go because all you got to do is walk in that barbershop. Okay, you won't regret it. Most importantly, guys, he's one of us. He's one of our own, support our own. Just like he's supporting us, please support him if you can. He's, it's worth it, man. It's just worth it. Okay, so we get all this, all these different camp notes. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them all over ESPN, so on and so forth. I found a pretty condensed one from Orange County Register's Rich Hammond. And he gives a breakdown. He literally has it that breakdowns that, um, on the five things that Aaron Dolan's miss in training camp, it's actually a pretty nifty article in that it's short and sweet. It gives us discussion points right away. And, and the first point, we just mentioned it, is he says Dolan still looms, that the whole contract situation is still around them. If there's, it's, it's heavy in the camp. We can get that. Well, I don't even think we need to keep talking about it because we just, we just killed that horse. The second one, though, is the one we're seeing all over Twitter. We're seeing it in footage. Goff looks good. And uh, I guess, Justin, tell me if you, if you disagree, but I may, I've made the argument before that last year was really Jared Goff's rookie year. Because the first year was just kind of a waste. Like You were in the middle school office of Jeff Fisher. There was nothing going on. He had no protection. So really last year was really essentially his rookie year. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, you would expect maybe a bit of a sophomore slump. But that's not what it seems to be happening right now. He's connecting with Cooks, 
Woods Cup. And uh, quoting Hammond here, Goff's practice on Saturday arguably was his best as an NFL quarterback. What does this mean to you right now as you head into the season? Well, I mean, you take a look at the growth that the offense, including Goff, and because mainly of Goff last year with McVay, uh, and you can easily say, there's no way this guy's going to hit a sophomore slump. There's no way because he's got McVay. Well, on the on the other side of that coin, now there's tape on Goff, more tape of him doing what he does. There's more tape on McVay's offense and the receivers that are involved and Gurley and how the offensive line blocks and their schemes. And so uh, the fact that Goff looks good in camp, it's not a surprise. It's not a shocker. Simply because, yes, he was a, uh, the first overall pick. Yes, he was very successful last year. But three and C, he's playing against his own team in shorts and air mostly. Right? So not all the time. He's playing against the second team defense a lot. Uh, and they are doing 11 versus 11s on, you know, with the ones. And we've seen these videos of Cook's you know, uh, shaking Peters on the on the offense on the uh, line of scrimmage and burning him deep for a deep pass. You expect Goff to make those throws. He's a professional quarterback. He's really growing into his body. He's coming into his own, especially after last year. You would expect there to be growth, and you would expect him to look good. Now, so I'm trying to dumb it down a little bit because we all know that with McVay at the head of this this franchise now and a QB whisperer, for lack of a better term, <laughs> Goff is going to improve. He's going to get better. The reports better be Goff looks – he looks like he's had the best camp he's had of his life. Well, it's only year three, and you would expect him to be uh, more accurate. You would expect him to know the details of the playbook more, and you would expect him to have a more of a rapport with Cooper and um, – uh, Cooper Cup and 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 Woods and now Cooks, which he's had way more time than he did with Sammy Watkins. So you're going to see that relationship blossom as it already has in camp. And so I'm not surprised by all these these uh, comments and these videos because they are backed by videos on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You see him making these throws, and it's not a surprise. But at the same time, take a step back, look at the big picture. They aren't in pads yet. They aren't against the opposition yet. But we know what we can expect because there's a track record from last year of what they were able to do. Let's grow on it. Well, that said, they were in pads today a little bit with uh, the Ravens, and Goff still looked pretty solid, thank goodness. And hopefully he doesn't get himself killed by the Ravens or anything. Uh, I, I just look at it and go, it's, I'd rather hear that report. I'd rather read that report than hear, well, Goff looks okay, but he's struggling. All the quarterbacks are struggling. It's not, you know, I've got to worry. And by the way, when you mention the quarterback whisper, I just had this image of Robert Redford's head superimposed on Sean McVay's body. Nice. I it's just what came to my, I should make one of those memes and just call it the quarterback whisper. <laughs> well, that, that I mean, that's, that's what he is. I mean, dude, Sean, Sean McVay is that. I mean, there's – you, no one can deny that. I mean, look what he did with Goff. I mean, look what he did. I mean, it, it's clear. There's there's evidence of what he was able to do with that guy, and it's only going to get better bearing injury, right? I mean, come on. Well, sure. And look what he did. Uh, look what he did with, with Kirk Cousins too. We had Kirk Cousins. Exactly, a guy who was mediocre for the first couple of years, and then it blossomed into a a very viable uh, tier 
top three, low two quarterback, right? I guess we can say he's definitely not a top one tier and top tier quarterback, and he's probably at the lower end of a top of a tier two quarterback, maybe at the very top end of a tier three quarterback. That is more than what if you if you could tell me that I would get a Kirk Cousins for my first round draft pick whenever I'm resetting the quarterback position, I would take that every time. Okay, so uh, the next section of the article, he says death death is a concern. Well, one, I I don't mean to pick on Rich here, but wouldn't death be a concern with every NFL team when you have a salary cap and you got to and you got to pay your stars? I I we know this. Go back to the Atlanta game. What killed us in that game? Lack of death up front in the defensive line. It just is what it is. You you you, you know you can strengthen other positions. But sooner or later, you're going to have a, a position that's weaker. He mentions the offensive line as an example, with Jamon Brown being out for those first two games. The Rams seem to be inclined to start, I'm quoting here, Austin Blythe. And he mentions, well, what happens then if Whitworth or Sullivan are out? Then they'd have to turn to a rookie. Well, next man up. Next man up. It's Death is always a concern. It's a given. Death is always a concern. It may not be a concern for the secondary because our secondary is Probably the most loaded secondary I've ever seen. Loaded. Loaded. But most anywhere else on a football team right now, it would be a concern. I think I'm not worried about the receivers right now. I'm not worried about the running backs. And I'm not worried about the secondary. So that leaves offensive line. Yeah, I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about quarterback. I'm going to worry about defensive line. I'm going to worry about linebackers. I, I just... But that's column of football. You cannot pay everybody in this league. That's one of the problems I have with the salary cap itself is it creates to me too much parity. If you are a class organization, you should be able to pay players that want to come play for you at least in more of a degree. The system right now has it set to where it's so there's so much parity in how you spend money that you can't keep your stars. And you're mm-hmm. always going to have death problems. Mm-hmm. It takes away from some of the attraction you might have in being that highlight fran- franchise. Think of it this way. The 49ers in the 80s, they were the franchise of all franchises. They were the epitome of how an NFL franchise would, would, was, well, would be run. Solid. Okay? And if you were to put that 49er team in today's age, they're going to get broken up. Yep. The only team I've seen beat the system thus far has been the Patriots. And they've done it by being... I mean, let's be honest, heartless you-know-what sometimes with players. Well, yeah, ask Malcolm, Mil- Malcolm Mitchell now. He's, you know, got released because you of that knee Butler? issue. And Malcolm Butler, excuse me, yeah. I mean, but you look at, at the end of the day, you said it, the Patriot way, the way that they do things, they are the, uh, they're an epidemic, really. They, No one's going to repeat what they've been able to do. And when you have a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback to build around constantly who – know each other inside and out um, and are probably, you know, uh, godfathers to each other's children, then you can expect them to consistently be uh, a top contender. And when you draft like they do consistently year in and year out, Sony Michelle and then win from Georgia, that guard that they got, that is, mm-hmm. did you see these picks and you're like that shocker, that is the Patriot way. And no one it's tough to replicate that, you know? Um, but you talk about the depth being a concern and you're right. Across the entire NFL, 
you know, these coaching staffs are looking and saying, all right, well, who can we plug and play right here if this guy goes down? Who can we play right here? And at the end of the day, the starters are starters for a reason because they are better than the depth. Naturally, who would have thought that, right? So it's all about who can coach them up, who you can find in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds to be able to have an impact and do these guys fit your schemes. And I think it's really easy to overlook the scouting departments of, of each franchise because those guys don't really get mentioned a lot. You don't really hear about what's going on you know, with those guys who are in charge behind the, the curtain. And that's why the Rams, I feel like they've done an outstanding job these past two years with the minimal draft picks that they have had uh, to, to get guys who can have an impact. And in my opinion, we're going to see those guys. John Kelly's going to get some playing time. As, as you and I talked about on the phone earlier, you know, uh, Allen's going to have his chance to shine this preseason. He may have to step in and, and play if somebody goes down. No boom has been taking snaps at right guard, right tackle, left tackle. They are cross training these offensive linemen. And so like you, I am concerned about the offensive line. I'm not quite as concerned about the defensive line because if we want to go by these camp reports, you talk about a guy like Franklin Myers. I mean, the dude is lighting it up from what we hear. And I'm expecting big things from Sanson Ibukam. I mean, dude, who knows what he's going to bring. Uh, but the secondary, like you said, not concerned. Uh, but, you know, depth is what makes your team better all around. That's why the Eagles were so good last year. Because when they had a guy go down, they had a guy step up. And the although cliche term, next man up, it truly is the next man up. How close is that guy in production to your starter? That's the true question. And that's what we need to see. And by the way, when we talk about being concerned about the offensive line, I think the Rams did a great job finding diamonds in the rough late mm-hmm. in the draft this year in their offensive line. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if almost all those guys were up being stars in the NFL one day. I'm not worried about them as much, especially if they get developed well. Okay, folks, we are actually heading towards the end of summer, which would tell me if you haven't visited Jayhawk Pool Plastering and Remodeling yet, there's something wrong with you. Like, if you really, really needed to get something done, you better get it done because California is still freaking hot. So, if you're looking to remodel, reservice, or even put a new pool in, check out Jayhawk Pool Plaster Remodeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue, Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plaster Remodeling serves Orange County and the Southland, and they're run by Jayhawk. That's the eldest son of former Ram, John Hawk. He built this business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. So, head on over to jayhawkpools.com, take a look at their work. You can see the quality of their finishes and in the testimonies provided by past customers. If you're looking to remodel, resurface or even put in a new pool give jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700 again that's 714-695-0700 you can also email them at info at jayhawkpools.com i said it already earlier today i'm going to say it again these guys these sponsors are a member of our family if you need work done folks give them a call they do great work you'll be glad you called them okay one more thing we're looking for sponsors for a 2018 season on all of our shows. This is a great and expensive way to get the word out in your business, especially right now. Even though our numbers have grown, um, last I checked, our numbers overall have grown 40 times from where they were at this time a year ago. 40 nice. times. So and we're expecting a big jump when the season starts. So if you want to in on lower rates, come do it now. Hook us up, okay? We'll be, you'll be glad you did. We're glad to have you. We're glad to work with you. 
reach out to us at Ramstalk1945 or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. Okay, so we're, we're getting ready to close up shop here. A couple more things in that arc we kind of want to touch on. Actually, J-Rob just touched on it, mentioning the linebackers, Samson Embicom. We were, everybody spent the offseason concerned. Hammond seems to believe that the Rams may have miscalculated here a bit on the linebacker core. When I sat down and talked with Samson Embicom at Rams Fest, he was, I'm talking, super excited about what he's seen with that defense this year. I, I disagree with Hammond here. I really do. He he makes the case that Ebicamo is going to be fine there. It's the other side he's worried about. Well, Oko Ronk will be back. You have other guys who are stepping in, including the young man you mentioned, John Franklin Myers, who we've also talked to, Matt Longinker. Uh, we've seen him develop in great ways. I'm mm-hmm. not real sure that there's a whole lot to worry about my linebacker right now, especially if you have a dominant secondary behind you and all the ducks are squared away on the defensive line from yeah, and, you know, obviously when we, you know, traded Robert Quinn, that was the first flag to every fan, like, all right, well, who who do we have now? And it's fair. It's a fair question to ask and because we don't really know what we have and we won't know until we get into the middle part of the season, you know, to see, okay, Ibukam is going to stick and Littleton's going to stick. Oh, Michael Kaiser, man, look at look at Micah, man. He's making play. We don't really know until what we see is on film. And so it's fair to say linebackers. Does anyone have any problems with linebackers? I am kind of just I'm even keel about it. I don't have a problem with it, but I'm not like uh, lit on fire about it either. Because of the simple fact, as I just mentioned, we really don't know what we have. We don't know what Ibukam brings on a down-to-down basis. We don't know what Longacre is going to bring on a down-to-down basis or Littleton. I will tell you this. I loved what I did see in Littleton last year when he got some time. And mm-hmm. he, he can cover the running backs out of the backfield. I'm going to tell you, he can run with those guys. Um, he does make some, some missteps and, and some misreads sometimes, and that's okay. That's what you would expect to a guy who hasn't gotten the playing time that Ogletree and Barron have gotten. But I'm going to tell you something, man. You have, you have Barron standing next to that dude um, and the defensive line like you talked about. I can go into this season and into the preseason, into the season, knowing that these guys, these coaches, and this staff, they know what they're doing. Why, why, why is it fair for me to question their judgment or to question their decision-making when I'm not the one that studies these guys hours upon hours before drafting them? Or I'm not the guy who spends time with them in the film room to see how they're progressing you know, in front of the whiteboard. Or, I mean, who, who am I to question that? So that's why I'm, I'm kind of even keel and not too hot or not too cold on the issue. Yeah, on the flip side, though, past coaching staffs, Past, you know, the Jeff, the Jeff Fisher coaching staff. Oh, gosh. I think it's fair to question because they failed so often. True. But within one year here, we've seen the coaching staff under Jared Goff. That's her. Who am I saying Jared Goff? Whoa. Under <laughs> Sean McVay. The whisperer. The whisperer make a difference on both sides of the football. The people he brought in. I think he's earned a little bit of leeway and a little bit of faith. Listen, Wade Phillips. I, need, I mean, do we need to say any, anything else outside of that name? I mean, no, you you, it, exactly. So why should I question 
anything that they decide to do defensively. I mean, I didn't expect Alec Ogletree to get traded per se, or you know, to to make some of these or Quinn for that that nature. But it makes sense to me when I take a step back and I look and see who we have, the production that's there. It made sense why we did it because we saw it time and time again. Alec Ogletree would get freaking blown off the line of scrimmage by a pulling guard on on sweeps and stuff like that. He could run sideline to sideline with guys. When it came time to stick your nose in there and make a play, in the playoff game, he missed one of the biggest screen tackles he could have had in his career. And that was a game-changing play in that playoff game. So, And that's just one play. But the point is this. You have Wade Phillips, and that guy is a legend. He's going to find out and figure out how to use every guy to the best of their ability with their skill sets, and there's nothing to be concerned about here until we start seeing lack of production on the field. I don't believe that we're going to be getting gashed for 20-plus yard runs over and over and over again like we did last year. Fournette did it to us, and that, and that was on his rookie, you know, obviously rookie season. Mm-hmm. And I, we've seen that for years and years and years where the Rams can't stop the run. Now – this is going to be a true test. Can the Rams stop the run? And it does start with those linebackers. We'll see. I, I think they'll be better. I, I, they are better in terms of stopping the run. How they'll be in pass defense, I'm not even sure it'll matter because they're going to have that secondary behind them. And they're going to, if Donald's back, they have the pass rush in front of them. So I really just think in terms of what they have in terms of stopping the run is just fine. It's, I keep it simple than that. Last note he makes, and this is real easy for us to comment on, zero lines back, kicked a 63-yard field goal in practice here, second week of practice. Uh, well, no worries about him. I guess we could say goodbye to Ficken. Uh, obviously, they're going to keep him throughout camp, you know, to have that extra leg uh, like they do bodies for, you know, quarterbacks and stuff like that. Um, they do the same thing with the kickers. Why wouldn't you keep that guy around just to let him – he might stick somewhere else. I mean, give the guy an opportunity. There's no need well, why I'm, you wouldn't keep him, I'm, you know. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, come week one, we know who the kicker is. Oh, you know, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, he, man. We we know that Greg the Leg is is the real deal. And, you know, if he would have been healthy all of last season, I mean, he could have set records, you know. So, and the fact that he's six, you know, he's hitting these 50-plus yard bombs, you know, like this 63-yard 60, uh, field goal here is, is nothing short of, of new news. I mean, we know this guy, he's consistent. The first couple of years, we had questions. But he he told the naysayers, listen, dude, I'm the real deal. And uh, he's proven to be a Pro Bowl guy, and I expect him to do the same thing this year. Yeah, I'm expecting great things from him. He's got his head straight finally. He got uh, a great year last year. So, well, I don't, there's nothing else we would say. He, he, it's Greg fricking the leg. Yep. Okay. So folks, we're getting ready to shut down the shop here. A couple of little things. You can look for the first episode of the Rampage radio podcast coming out soon here. I think what well, you're doing the edit for yours tomorrow. That's right. So we'll have it over. Uh, we'll folks. I do have one little thing. I want to wish my lovely daughter, Sierra, a happy birthday. This drops on her birthday. So Happy birthday to yeah. you. Nice. And, you know, I had to throw in that recording I have like, somewhere in here it's where she says Rams. And uh, she's already got already, she's already in her second Rams jersey. Good. Got her Rams blanket. So I'm raising this kid well. Sierra, what's your favorite football team? Raising her 
with wisdom and strength (laughs) and building character too. And so um, happy birthday to her. Folks, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can follow me at DC Paul on Twitter, J-Rob. You can follow him at Rampage Radio Pod on Twitter. Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM. I, do, I, I all the, all the platforms. All Pretty those much, platforms. Almost all. We have a couple more to get on. So, there you go. For Justin, J-Rob. Welcome to the team, J-Rod. This is Derek C. Apollo. Take it easy. Deuces. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.